Richmond Spiders have come to Florida and have knocked off the 13th-ranked Gators. Spider victory over 14th-ranked California. Richmond 94, Cal 90. Davis to climb for the tie. Puts it on the deck. Head fake, shoots, block. We are back for episode 14 of the Frontline Fanatics podcast, and we got a big one for you guys today. Took us a while, but we got our second guest on the podcast, and yeah. it's a big one. No offense to our guy, Andrew Cannabis, but we went all the way up the chain. We got the 2017 Atlantic 10 Player of the Year, only player in Richmond history to uh, have a triple-double in a game. If Bang. you're a Richmond fan, you should know who that is by now. That's right. It's TJ Klein. Let's go. He's going to join us on the second half of this podcast, and you guys are going to get to hear our interview with him. Awesome guy. Great conversation. We're really pumped about it. But first, uh, we got to break down the Richmond win in the first round of the NIT over Toledo. And to help me do that, I got my guy, Mac expert, Andrew Aguilera. What's going on, buddy? Happy March Madness, by the way. It's the first night of the playing games tonight, and I'm loving Happy March Madness, first four. Um, based off the last podcast, I guess I'm not a Mac expert since everything that I predicted didn't happen. Uh, I thought Toledo was going to shoot the lights out, but they didn't. We'll get into that. If you're still listening and haven't already fast-forwarded to the TJ Klein interview, <laughs> appreciate that. Um, so we're going to run into this Richmond game quick. I'm doing well, Ev. Hope you're doing well. As JP said in the past, he doesn't care, but he's changed his stance and he cares now. <laughs> um, all right, so Richmond took on Toledo yesterday in the first round of the NIT two versus three matchup in a 16 team field. For those of you that don't know, Richmond won the game 76, 66 after being down at the half 38 to 32. Um, great performances by Jacob Gilliard, Sal Caressi, Matt Grace, Tyler Burton. Overall up and down. Great game for everyone. Also, I mean, Nathan Kao played well too. Some of his shots just didn't, didn't hit, which I thought they would have. He could have had a bigger game, could have been the leading scorer. Nonetheless, it was an all around team effort. Um, yeah. Pumped about this win. Uh, if you listened to the IG Live last night, I was like weirdly, weirdly hyped up about it. I was like, let's go, let's go. And I kept talking uh, to our guest Morgan, who is the listener to the pod about it. And he was like, well, now that we've gotten this excitement, we look towards next year, are we just going to go down like a dark tunnel? And I'm like, you know what? Let's just try to live in the moment. We got this team right now. Hopefully Blake will be back next game. Grant probably won't be. Don't want to assume anything, but just going off what we've seen. I think we should just enjoy this team while we have them for hopefully at least one more game at the minimum pending. Nothing goes wrong in the next week. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited to enjoy and, and watch some good Richmond basketball. I really thought yesterday was our best effort of the season. Uh, from top to bottom. I agree with you completely. That's a great point. You know, we, we predicted and it, you know, most people knew we were going to be without our two top scorers. And uh, knowing what we knew about this Toledo team coming in, I was expecting it to not be terribly close. And in the first half, we kind of got a little bit of a taste of that. Yeah. Um, but from Rollins, right? So Rollins was their freshman and he was the freshman of the year in the conference. But they had a couple other guys that we expected to uh, tear us up a bit. And, you know, we kept it close, but I didn't think we were going to have much in, in the second half, really, because without Blake and, and Grant in the game, we lose our, our primary playmaker and our primary shot creator. And our offense just seems to go completely stagnant when we don't have them in the lineup. And in the second half, we really turned things around. I mean, uh, I, I completely agree with you about the feeling of excitement after this win. And uh, someone on Twitter posted, you know, hey, I'm really happy to see, especially Jacob, like for him to go out uh, for his last game and not be a loss like it happened in the tournament 
Yeah. Um, and for him to come and get another win and feel good to wear the spider uniform is, is awesome. And I totally felt that he had a great game, 18 points, five assists, four steals, um, and three rebounds. Again, he's five, seven. So three yeah. rebounds is incredible. Um, you know, one thing we talked about with TJ, which you guys will hear in a little bit is like I said, Toledo is a great matchup for us and that they're not big and don't play physical. And, uh, like I said, shooting at their center. I mean, he had eight points and five rebounds, but I never felt like we were overmatched in the, in the paint. And uh, what that allowed us to do was see a great contribution from Matt Grace and Sal. And, yeah. um, you know, Grace only had two rebounds. What I said, Jacob had three. That heist difference is like <laughs> a, a foot and three yeah. inches. So still got some things to work on there. But, um, you know, Matt was hitting some like post up and unders and, and baseline nice reverses. Moves, yeah. And I loved what I saw from Sal. Like I have, have, have turned the page a little bit on him. Like in 13 minutes, he gave us 10 points, three rebounds, a steal and a block. His biggest issue still is fouling like 5,013 yeah. minutes. I think he should be our go forward at the four slash five next year depending on the rest of the team but i just wow. loved what he gave us um i what think a long way you've come since the last episode he must I have mean, listened he got the motivation from listening to you last episode i think on the defensive end he he affects shots he, he does what he needs to do um and he showed he could score a couple points and you know like i said he needs to figure out the, the foul situation um and then the last thing, Tyler Burton, even though he only shot six for 15, he shot four for eight in, on, on threes and gave us 10 rebounds. So, you know, he looked kind of like that promising prospect that we all saw NBA. him to be earlier this year. Yeah, NBA player. Um, and then, you know, guys like I, I, we thought, we talked about if Isaiah was going to start or Andre was going to start, it ended up being Isaiah, even though Andre played one more minute. Um, but I think Isaiah, you know, did what he did. He gave us some energy, looked out of control sometimes. But Andre came in, didn't do much, gave us five rebounds, which I think is kind of big from a six-fourth guard. Yeah, definitely. What you guys are hearing is this was a total team effort, in my opinion, which I think gave us so much gratitude because we saw everybody chipping in in the way that they uniquely do, you know, that's that's particular to who they are as a player. So um, it was just great to see in, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, especially looking back to when we were texting in the first half and we're like, oh, we're going to get run out of the gym. And it, look, it looked that way. And then, you know, we had a really nice run at the end of the first half, which was something I haven't seen us do in a while, like get momentum going into the second half. Usually we'll be going back and forth a little bit or we'll be down. But um, yeah, I was, I was really happy with the way we played, um, especially for a team that, you know, usually only has that seven to eight man rotation and you're missing your two, two of your best players in that rotation. You got to dig a little bit deeper. And I think, you know, the younger guys did what they had to do and they just, they played smart minutes in my opinion. I mean, the fouls obviously for Sal was a problem. I did get a little bit nervous at the end too, when KO fouled out with like yeah. four minutes left. I was like, all right, this, I'm a little worried about this just in terms of, you know, rebounding, which, you know, we did better. We were definitely rebounding the ball better, but there's still, you know, a couple of those offensive boards that we should be getting that we gave Toledo some second half points that I think we would have even beat them by more had we not given them those. And you'll hear it again, like we said with TJ, but I think we would have run this team out of the gym if we had Grant. They they shot, don't get me wrong, they shot, what, 26 threes, which is, is a good amount. Yeah, and six not, for 26. Like third, exactly. 23% isn't going to win you any games. <laughs> and in the first half, like they were, I felt like they were trying to pound it down low and that's just not their game plan. So had we had, you know, that defensive force in there, I think I think it would have been dominant. So I'm, I'm happy yeah. with the way we played on, on the offensive. And we really turned a lot of defensive stops into points which is great yeah and you know i'm still trying to kind of figure out in my head if that six for 26 from them and then they overall from the field 23 for 58 which is just under 40 percent mm -hmm. if that's a product of our defense or if they were missing some open shots i mean little sin is supposed to be one of the greatest shooters in the country two for five i think he could have taken a couple more shots and then um you know the player of the year in, in the mac uh jackson he only took this is crazy six shots the whole game yeah they I kept talking even, about that on the broadcast too i can't crazy. even believe that so they could gave him the straps that Milner guy, Cedric Milner, ended up taking 15 shots and only shooting six for 15. And then, like I said, Rollins really cooled down in the second half. So, 
Um, no, I'm really happy. Like you said, I think this was going to be this would have been a 20 point win if we had Grant. Um, yeah, so, I agree. Again, I don't know if that says more about us or Toledo. Hopefully us. Yeah. Um, hopefully us. So yeah, look, I think the the fan base as a whole was left with that you know positive feeling, and and that's great. And look, for as much slack as we'll give, you know, the the result of this season against what it was supposed to be when we when we kind of first started this, this podcast. I still think it's it's important for us to get wins in the NIT if we're in this in this position. And uh, this is the third time since Andrew and I have been following that we've been in the NIT and um, we've won at least two games each time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you Let's know this is a short NIT, but yeah, now we're in the next round and I don't love that it's a week off. However, yeah. hopefully that opens the door for Blake Harden to come back because Let's I hope. Let's would love another Blake Harden one last ride with him. Yep, me too, hundred percent. The eight days does concern me a little bit, you know, just with the tournament in general, just with like COVID stuff, with teams going back home and then coming back. But hopefully, it won't affect us, considering we've already been hit with that three times. That's honestly my biggest worry. Um, also discussed on the live last night when Mooney during his press conference before the Toledo game was like, "Yeah, we've been working out, but didn't really talk about practice." So I'm like, maybe we shouldn't practice. Maybe we should just <laughs> work out if we're gonna play this well. Maybe we don't need to practice yeah. as much. Um, yeah. But yeah, excited. We'll definitely get out a preview episode for the next game with whoever we play we still don't know uh it's going to be either slew or mississippi state i would love to, obviously i'd love to play slew again but i'll be happy playing miss state because we did play well against the sec this year those tough think, sec teams that we played i think everyone listening and, and this is another thing we talked with tj about it, you know would want us to play slew i think there's a big storyline there some drama from the you know the canceled game earlier however i am super not confident going in against uh hassan french and jimmy bell and then Lin, the linson guy Yep. And they go like they go like three deep at, at six, seven, and above, and those guys are legit. So and they're healthy. Uh, yeah, and they're healthy. So you know, we'll see. However, I still think I'd rather probably play them just because it would be such you know just for the like, storyline. When that original Friday game was scheduled, I mean, I was treating like that was like game day to me, like college game day. Yeah. I felt like I felt like I was ready <laughs> to run through a wall. And yeah. TJ said the same thing, so it was it was really funny to hear that too. Um, but yeah, so you know that'll be interesting. We don't know. I still don't think Grant's going to play. Maybe Blake decides to suit back up um, and he's feeling better. Uh, and, you know, maybe this, this kind of gives him some of that energy and, and positivity to come back and, and give it a shot. Because obviously, I mean, he, his, his shot creation is, and, and competitiveness on the defensive end is definitely being missed right now. But I think we shocked a lot of people last night personally. I, I mean, I was telling all my friends to fade Richmond um, just because of, you know, the fact that we're missing those two key guys. And I think a lot of the public was too because if you look at the Toledo <laughs> Twitter account – there's just dozens of people re- replying to them saying like, you're a trash program. You're terrible. <laughs> That's incredible. If that doesn't show you like the talk, to- the toxic, you know, the text, what is it? The, the level of, of toxic of, of the sports betting world. I don't know. Yeah. What it does, but. Yeah. But yeah, I was impressed too. I'm glad that we won and glad to see what happens next game. So I think that's enough of a recap. I don't want to hold the people off too long. I think now we'll want to transition into our conversation with TJ Klein. Talked a lot of great things. We talked about his experience in, in Europe and COVID, uh, you know, how he's still connected in the program, his, his, his um, you know, his level of fandom, his view on the results of this season and uh, a lot of other great things. So really excited for you guys to hear that. And um, yeah, I think uh, without further ado, let's get into that. And now TJ Klein. We are happy to welcome in former Spider legend, Spider great, Spider record holder, current beast, TJ Klein. TJ, welcome on in. Thanks so much uh, for joining us here today, especially on a day when we got the Spiders playing. I'm excited, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm uh, excited to talk some Spider hoops, like you said there uh, in the NIT tonight. I know plenty about the NIT. It's not necessarily <laughs> a great thing, but 
But I, I can't tell you a few things about the NIT. So I'm excited to see the Spiders play tonight and their season keep going. Yeah, we were talking. So you, we know you had the most recent NIT. What was that, 16, 17, when we played? We lost to Bama, I remember. We, no, we beat Bama on the road. And then, but we were, I was curious. I didn't know if we, you were part of the team that made the first NIT when we played like Miami at home. I can't remember if that was your sit-out year or if that was your first year playing. Yeah, no, so that was my first actual year playing. That okay. was um, my sophomore year with, so Sean Dre, Kendall, um, Trey Davis, Alonzo was there, uh, Dion and Terry. So that was a, that was yeah. a really good team. We were actually, that was, I mean, so looking back on it, and my senior year was so special, and it was, it was a, you know, unbelievable ride, most fun year ever. But the, my, I think statistically our, my most successful year, my three was that year, because we were actually the first four out. We were on the first four out of the yeah. bubble that year. Yeah. And we thought we had no chance. And, and we, had, we had those two wins against VCU when they were both ranked. So we had some good wins under our belt. Um, but we didn't really think we were – we didn't even have, like, a, a viewing party to see, like, maybe if <laughs> yeah. we're on. Like, I was sitting in my room, and I was like, what? We're the first four. So, <laughs> so that was – yeah, that was, my, that was my sophomore year. And that was that – was that was an unbelievable run. Beating Arizona State at home. Yeah. Kendall really led us. That was, that was a fun year. I remember like running back to my dorm room to watch the selection show. Cause I'm like, maybe there's a chance we get in. And then first four out. And I was like, no, like literally first team out. I was like, Oh, that's, that's painful. But it was great to watch you guys in those games. Those games were crazy. Um, Robin center was rocking for sure. Always a good time. I feel, I feel so bad for, for the guys. Cause like you said, the Robin centers, it, it was rocking that night. And you know, the Arizona state uh, coach that Herb Sendek, I mean, of course, our PR team had a blast with it and just played it over and over. But he made a comment and said it was just like Cameron because, like, the crowd was that crazy. It was an overtime game. Like, it was electric. And uh, and that, that's what – it really bums me out for these guys that, you know, it's such a special group. And I think that having a home court advantage like Richmond does, which, I mean, honestly, like, and I'm not even being biased. I've traveled. You know, the Seagull Center, you got to give them their credit. Um there are places, obviously, Dayton was fantastic because they were, you know, cream of the crop when I was in college. But the Robin Center is definitely it, – it, it stands its own ground as far as fans, as far as structure, arena, just, like, the noise, the atmosphere. It's a really great college basketball gym. So, it made me angry that um, – I mean, I, it didn't make me angry, but it, it made me feel, you know, such, you know, sadness for them that they couldn't have those memories and experience it and maybe someone rush a court or, you know what I mean, something <laughs> that's just such college basketball tradition. And, uh, and for them not to get to experience it with this group, I mean, arguably, and I said it before the year, the most talented group we've ever had at Richmond. You know, you talk about it like five 1,000-point scores. You don't need – I mean, go down the list, Grant, Gilly, Nate. Like, and then you add Tyler, what he's done this year, most improved. So, like, this group could have gone – I mean, I know we say this is life and, and you got to roll with the punches, but, but this was uh, – it was upsetting that they didn't get to experience the full effect of college their senior year. So I was going to save this for the end, but you brought it up and it's kind of like the big hard hitting question. But I think now that you brought it up, it's right on time. So basically, you know, going in with these expectations into the season and then the result that we're in now. And like, again, the NIT for Richmond, let's say we were just talking three. This is our third appearance in since what, six or seven years it's been. So right. I mean, that, that's nothing to nothing to shake, you know, whatever at. But obviously the expectations were higher going in. So do you think there's anything outside of those factors we can't control about COVID? So like the pauses and the not having fans. Like, do you think there's any other factors that could have contributed to that? Or, um, you know, are you just like that, that's that big of a change that you just can't account for any ups and downs in, in, for a team? No, I mean, listen, you always got to, and, and I guarantee you, if you ask this to every one of those guys on the team, including every coach, every manager, like that's kind of the thing is like you hold yourself accountable. 
and I guarantee you everybody said there's something we could have done more. There's something we could have done. And, and I think that the guys know that, that there were a lot of ups and downs and, and everybody had their, their fair share where they messed up, but everybody played great. And that, that kind of just the swing of things. But I do think when you lose a Nick, when you follow it up with, I mean, and a lot of people don't understand, like those guys had, and I mean, Grant will be the first one to tell you is like, they had a rough two first two years, like rough. And, and it was, it was tough to see. And, but it was like, it was even more beautiful to see the swing that junior year and like that mid season kind of takeoff and where you're beating Duquesne and you're, and I know that Bonnie's we lost at the end of that year, but you know, that we were on the, we were on the bubble last year with a great chance to get in, in my opinion. And yeah. not just, you know, on my opinion, but like the ex, the, the attorney experts, Lenardi. We, like, we agree too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, right. He's a sports illustrated reporter. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it like to to have that like and that's your dream is college basketball like you grow up like I want to play in the tournament like that's your dream and I know those guys and that's all they think about and that's all they crave and so to be that close and like who even if they would have lost you know if they would have gone one and one in that tournament we're saying there's a there's a damn good chance they get in and so to have that be so close and to kind of be taken away in a way that's like it's not like someone did this or you know there's a scandal or that it was like there's no one to like this is just COVID like that was the hardest thing and then you got to regroup and kind of refresh and then you know one of your senior leaders probably the most you know I don't want to say most impactful but he's he's a great locker room guy like I had in my senior year and he's still one of my really really close friends we talk all the time Nick Sherrod it's like it's just so tough and plus he's he's your best shooter and so for to lose a guy like that when you have such mismatches that teams have to throw double teams at you constantly at Grant, constantly at Gilly, um, even Nate when he was getting going, teams, you know, if they didn't, they really paid for it. But to have someone that spaced that, like I know for me, it, it was a huge asset. Like I, I thank Nick Sherrod and I credit him for my success my senior year because he was just knocked down and he was clutch and he's just got, he's got stones and he'll make shots. And so to lose that, and then, like, you know, to go to the, the COVID thing, it's like I sat out. So I before I came over to Tel Aviv this year, I sat out for two weeks um, in Italy. I couldn't get a flight over here because the country's on lockdown. So I had to sit out. Couldn't use the gym for two weeks, right? And I'm thinking, okay, I do my at-home workouts and in my house, da-da-da-da, everything's good. When I got over here, that first workout, like, I felt like I was a freshman in a college work. Like, <laughs> it was just exhausting. I remember – you know, healing over, like, you know when you're about to, you want to puke, but you're, you're like, you're literally, like, can't even have the energy to puke. Like, that was that feeling. So, I couldn't imagine jumping back into, like, a game, like, a game in two days for everybody. It's not just, like, one guy is a little slow, so we'll work him in. Like, everybody has to play regular minutes. And for that to happen as many times as it did, and to the people it did, like, I just think those are just such, I mean, I don't even know what the numbers are on... I'd love to see the numbers on teams that came off COVID breaks, how they are in those next three games or something like that. Yeah. And then I'm not, not for betting purposes, but for to prove my point <laughs> purposes, but I know it is March Madness time. Yeah. So yeah, man. I'm sure that stat would help some other people too. Um, but I would just love to see how it really affected. Cause I'm sure it, 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 the percentages dropped like crazy and for it to happen to Richmond who had a competitive schedule, competitive, you know, a competitive um, a 10, I think that's, I think it all kind of accumulates but I think there is a, a human factor, but, but this is the weirdest thing we've ever seen. Yeah. And I, I don't want to say I guarantee, but I, I think it would have been a lot different to say that a normal season would happen. Yeah. I was going to say personally for like 
not my betting purposes, but just like picking teams. <laughs> Anybody coming out of that COVID pause, I was like, all right, automatically go against them because yeah. you know they haven't played, they're out of shape. And if they got sick, too, that's even more. Like if they got sick, that's even worse. So, I mean, I think too, personally, like if I was in college having to do that, or if you were in college, like having to do that, especially because I feel like now it becomes more of a job more than ever. You know what I mean? You're not going out with people outside of the program. You're not like being able to like do other things. So I feel like in that sense too, you just, it just kind of feels more like a job. And obviously the NCAA isn't paying you guys to do this. And now there's this whole thing trending right now, which Evan can talk about, which I've seen on social the last hour, but I feel like just not having that everyday social life and treating it more like a job too. Definitely. Definitely. has got to hurt a little bit because your whole life is basketball. Not that it isn't anyways, but it's, it's nice to get away every once in a while. Right. Yeah. Well, TJ, no, that he was talking about, so like there's all these guys in the, in the bubble right now in Indy, so like Bohannon from Iowa, and then uh, I forget his name, but the guy from Rutgers, there, there's this uh, hashtag going around about how like the NCAA doesn't own us and people can get paid for their likeness and we're not. Um, it just like all is coming out in the past hour, which is weird because it kind of reminds me, it's, this is very different circumstance, but when those guys went to the NBA bubble and all of that stuff was happening like out in Milwaukee and stuff, and then they all kind of said, hey, we're not going to do this. I don't think it's going to be on that level, but it just seems interesting and like kind of unique timing. Um, so like, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on like, kind of because that's a big I think that's like a big conversation that's been the past couple of years is the paying the players or at least name and likeness and I think Aggie's got a good point that like now with these guys you know you used to be able to at least go out or go see your friends or do do things and and now maybe you can still do that but you got to be careful like there's that UNC thing that happened where those guys weren't wearing masks and all of a sudden there's all this so I just feel like it's a really really tough situation for even an older team like us to be in and I, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. Yeah, well, okay, so let me, I have two, two part response to this. First <laughs> is, I think the reason you're getting this right now is because you've got 18 to 22-year-old kids sitting in a hotel room for 12, 14, <laughs> awake for 12, 14 hours a day. Like, you know what I mean? Not, so all yeah. they have time to do is think and tweet and they're bored and what can I do to, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I, I think that's why you're seeing more of it now. And they're all together they're too. And they're all right, exactly. So yeah. they're bouncing out, and they're probably, man, this is ridiculous. We're sitting in this room and we're not making any money. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that's probably where it's stemming from, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. truly probably where it's stemming from. And, um, you know, the second part of that is, you know, I agree with you. It's, it's even though I always felt that, you know, and, and mind you, I'm, a, I'm a, a guy who went to Niagara and, and went to, you know, had a transfer to Richmond and, and you know, had a great time there and, and had a good career there. But, you know, I was never a top 100 guy or a top, you know what I mean? So I don't, I don't really feel the same entitlement there because I I feel like I was so blessed that people gave things to me. People gave me a scholarship when I was always kind of, you know, always trying to inch my way up. So any kind of thing that I got, I was so grateful for in that sense. Yeah. Um, so I don't, but I, to flip it, I can totally see. I just, I just think that, you know, the perks of being a college basketball guy, like you said, it's going out and it's someone saying, oh, hey, aren't you Grant Golden? Or hey, yeah. aren't you? Like, that is the cool thing. Hey, take a shot with me. Or, or hey, the, you know what I mean? The, the kind of the, you know, and in Richmond, it's a lot more chill because we, we kind of see each other around campus and there's that Richmond connection. You go to Richmond, you know what I mean? It's a good school. You're good. And so I think that, you know, certainly on a major level, like, you know, I assume, you know, I mean, guys are getting, you know, for, right into the bars at, you know, these Villanovas at UVA, any, any fraternity. So that kind of status. Um, I think that makes the college experience that you're saying, oh, okay, that's, you know what I mean? That's why I hear the the fans chanting my name. You're getting, you know, 10,000 chanting your name. So that's why I'm here. It reminds you, and that's kind of the fuel. 
And when it's kind of a lot more self-motivation where it is now, where it's discipline, where it's, okay, I can't go out. I can't go to this restaurant. I can't, you know, be noticed or seen, or then it's kind of just like, what are, you know, you really have to dig into what you are and what your, what your values and motives are. Cause it can, it can have you questioning hundred percent. And I, I completely understand that. And I completely feel them. And <clears throat> honestly, that's a problem that a lot of guys have overseas because you're not around, you're not playing in front of your families or, or your guys that you're at school with, or, you know I mean? Your friends, but you're playing for strangers and it kind of, it, the love is kind of, it's a different love and it's a different, um, it's a different motive on why you're playing. <laughs> and, you know, obviously when you're professional, it's more monetary and you kind of have to check your emotions at the door and, and go in and say, okay, this is why I'm here. And, and so that's where I can kind of really relate to them on that standpoint. It's now it's a complete job and it's you're in lockdown and you, if, if you go out and you get it and you're, you know, and you come in and, and a few guys get it, well, your team's out of the NCAA tournament and dreams are, you know what I'm saying? Lifelong dreams are now done. And, and that's a terrible feeling. So I know guys feel a certain commitment, a certain, you know, honor to their teammates to do this. And so that's why they have been so good. And I saw a tweet, something, there was 3,600 tests at the tournament and seven came positive. So it's, you know, the numbers are incredible. Um, but I, I do understand the frustration and the, and like I said, I just feel the season is just, I'm so glad we have it. Cause you know, as when the NBA and the tournament got shut down last year, when did we know, you know I mean? We were so excited for the MJ documentaries every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. And so, oh you know, what, what, now that we finally have it back, I'm so thankful, but I do feel for those guys and, they are human beings. They are college kids. And, and this isn't what they signed up for. But unfortunately, this isn't what we all signed up for. And, uh, and they're rolling with the punches about as well as I've seen a college group do or, or could have asked them to do. Yeah. You mentioned, going back a little bit, so you mentioned the Niagara, um, obviously the Niagara transfer and, and kind of how you got to Richmond. I think most people probably know the story. But one thing I'm curious about is, is, is Coach Moody's recruiting pitch to big men like as specific as you think it would be because of the system that we run. I'm just thinking of like the, the natural progression from you to Grant and how you guys are the primary like playmakers, at least in the majority of our sets to start off with. So is it like, is that pitch to you? Like we are going to turn you into this type of guy or is it, am I completely off base with how that goes? Well, it's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty on base, but it's, and I'm not going to say, you know, they show you film and they showed me film of Dan Giroux and I don't yeah. know, maybe this is way above your guys' time, but. No, he's at the cap so, now, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Coach cap. So Dan yeah. Giroux, outstanding player. He had, you know, injuries really hobbled him, but, but as a sophomore, unbelievable. Third team all A-10, you know, was really going to take off and they showed me a lot of film on him. And I was like, wow, that's like looking in a mirror and just seeing the moves he made and just this, that, and the third. And I'm not going to say the other school just for, for, for relationship purposes and coaches, but I went to another yeah. school and they showed me, you know, a six, six guy with dread shooting mid range jumpers. And I was like, and, and I kid you not. So I, uh, I, um, you know, obviously I chose Richmond and, uh, and, you know, but, but Mooney, coach Mooney's, you know, selling piece really is like, he recruits to what he does. So like a lot of guys who just recruit like the best athletes or, Oh, this guy was the highest ranked guy. So let's get him in there and we'll work off him. We'll make it work. So like coach Mooney really recruits to his offense. And so when he recruits you, you know that he sees something in you that you could help. And that's if you're a dribble pass shoot guy, a, you know, a, a, you know, a three-way player on offense, because that's what everybody has to dribble. Everybody has to pass and be a threat to shoot. And so that, that kind of sells itself because you really don't hear it that often anymore. And so when you're, it's, it's just, it's such a refresher to hear that. And then uh, obviously in Looney fashion, he always, he always lets you at the end of the day know that, you know, this is a place that it's a family and that they, they don't need anybody here, but they want you here. And, mm -hmm. uh, 
and and if you choose not to it's it's your choice but he definitely he lets you know that that you're entering a family and you're entering and then he also gives the pitch of look at this campus yeah like that, that I think <laughs> we got we got the same pitch seller. right yeah, yeah <laughs> we, i think that's the biggest seller and we definitely now we're good <laughs> yeah, with the, he really should. And so he has a, such a way with it. He's like, I mean, look, at, we're the, you know, one of the best schools in the nation academically. And look at this school. Are you kidding me? You're gonna be, you're not, you don't want to be a basketball player here? Yeah, and especially now like, with those new facilities, too, that are out of control. Man, I can't wait to get back in the summer. I cannot wait. I'm going to need a key immediately. I'm going to be, be training for the TBT right when I get back. Let's go. Awesome. Yeah, so talking about TBT, is that still on schedule for this year? Are you guys hoping to, hoping to compete, stuff like that? Yeah, that's the plan. We've been talking to uh, to our guy in the TBT, and and uh, I know Mark. You know Mark McGonagall is our GM, and he's still working, obviously, as uh, you know, with the Richmond staff right now, and they're still obviously playing tonight. But you know, after that, I'm sure they'll get some downtime, and and he'll get on that more. But but we've stayed in contact with those guys, and and I think you know we have a good relationship and all things. We really had a nice showing the last time, and and uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to go last year. But like you said, it was such a weird year, and yeah. And so now I think we're excited to get back. We have some new additions. We'll, you know, we'll see obviously what goes on with these guys, uh, whether they come back for another <laughs> year or whether they, uh, yeah, whether the they, talk. you know, turn pro. Yeah. And so, and if not, if so, if they do turn pro, we got some, you know, spider, the spider fans, they're not, they're not lost completely. We still got them on the TBT. <laughs> and, and if they are, that's even better because now we still got them in the program. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so staying in the program, you know, we want to just touch on Mooney a little bit, you know, obviously all the stuff that went down two years ago, all the billboards, stuff like that. Now, obviously with all the hype coming around this season and the disappointment that it was for, for a lot of fans, people that don't really see what goes on with Mooney in that program behind the scenes, like you said, it's a family and everything. What is something about coach Mooney that someone like us who just watches the game and aren't in the locker room wouldn't know about him that makes him such a great coach, such a great leader that maybe would turn some of those fans had they, had they known and seen him behind the scenes. It's kind of like a cliche a little bit, I think, but like you hear some of these guys talk about it. And I truly mean it when I say it, like he's probably the best guy I've ever met just as, as a whole, like, like you don't, it's like, you don't want to make that decision, but you have to make that decision. And it's like, even if you make the wrong decision and come to him, it's never like a blow up. It's, it's a, how can we learn as a man to get better? And it's a conversation. And it's like, people have gone to his house at 3 a.m. in the morning off girl troubles and he's sat on his front porch for two hours. Like people, like, it's just, you don't understand the things to this day that I still, you know, am able to talk to him with and, and just, you know, he really lives by never get too high, never get too low, just stay even keel. And he really embodies that. And it's just, when you talk to him, like when I go back in town, we, 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 I mean, we made sure to have lunch at least one time while I'm there. And it's just like, that's the highlight of, of that trip just because he's, He's such a special person. And there's been, you know, a lot of people at Richmond like that, um, that kind of, that are in the basketball family. And it's because of him. He kind of said, he, he, he sets the tone for everybody on how to act, how to, how to conduct yourself. Um, you know, it's like, he's straight edge, but he's also like, like, he's cool. He can hang with the guys. He can, <laughs> he can have a beer, but it's when, when it's time to go, it's time to go. And uh, he's just, he's just a good dude, man. Like he's just a, a solid human being. And uh, I think everybody who's, who's been in this program will tell you that, you know, he'd do anything for his guys. And, uh, you know, we, we look at him as a, just a figure that we want to we wanna embody and we're so proud to be a part of the program. Yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. You, uh, I think the, well, the last thing I got a question about that you mentioned before is, so, like, I know you, you're friends with these guys personally right now that are making this decision about are they going to come back or are they going to move forward professionally? And 
obviously that's for them to decide. And even if you know anything, we're not going to ask you, but I'm just curious based on, since you were like, you were a fifth year, you were 23 or whatever, like when your senior year concluded um, or your fifth year concluded, like, is there any validity? Cause I've heard people say like at this rate, these guys are kind of done with college. They know they're older than everybody. They want to go get a paycheck. <laughs> like they want to go to the next step. Like, do you think there is actual validity to, validity to that? Or is there maybe more motivation to go back and try to, achieve great things in college basketball as opposed to going to the next step? You know, I think that it's all, I mean, so I think it's all individual, first of all, yeah. in the sense of everybody has their own individual motives. Um, you know, does my family need money? Has, has my mom been waiting to stop working? Has this happened? Cause I mean, these guys are talented guys and they're going to get, they're going to get a great opportunity. Maybe not the the most you know appealing as far as in the long run when you think of professional basketball players maybe not the most appealing paycheck that first year but they're going to be put in a situation where and then maybe they might honestly these guys are good enough to to actually start at a very high level to start off which is rare um because of their accolades and their numbers and gilly being defensive player of the year and grant being a four-time award winner in the a10 and blake francis doing what he's done it's these guys are going to be highly sought after um, and it just depends. Do, do I need the money? Do I, that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is what's, what's my dream? Has my dream always been to be a pro? Has my dream, you know, always been to make the tournament? Has it been to do, I, it's, it's all about what's my dream because as you've seen with Nick Sherrod, like, okay, my, maybe his dream is playing professional basketball. That's all he did. And now maybe he had an injury God forbid that, that ended that, you know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. or made that dream stop. Like these are the things. And, um, and another thing, like if it's my dream, it's like, okay, I'm just going back here. But the one thing that I will say on this is that a lot of people don't think about is like, I would have never, the perfect example I always use is Nigel Williams-Goss played at Gonzaga. And he won, I think, player of the year his junior year, and they lost to UNC, which was my senior year of college. They lost to UNC in the title game. And he left for college, or left for the pros and was drafted, you know, 58th overall, didn't even play in the G League that year, went straight overseas. And I'm thinking, why would on earth would this guy leave college, the greatest place on earth, to go, you know, to go to, to Serbia to play? And, 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 and not knowing at the time, right? Because I knew nothing. And it, it turns out he was going to an unbelievable team in a great situation, which propelled him to go to a EuroLeague team the next year in Greece, which propelled him to go now back to the NBA and be an actual, you know, factor on a team. So, like, if he would have stayed in college, then he's got the next year he's got to start that process, right? So now he's starting it at 24 instead of 23. Yeah. And now, and so now it's just, it just cuts out a year of your, of your prime potential earning, whether that's, you know, for overseas, whether that's 2 million a year or whether that's in the NBA at, at 10 million a year, whatever that is, you know, that's the only thing that I would say you, you, you might be losing a bigger, you know what I'm saying? A, a year that you could really be in your, in your prime making this money. But I, I really think it's, it's all personal. It's all about, you know, what your passion and what your dream is. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, I just got two things quick. One about you and then one maybe about the game tonight. Um, so how has, for you, your journey been? You can just give us however long or short you want. You know, starting over here right after school and then going abroad and, and moving around a little bit, especially now with COVID. Like, how is the COVID <laughs> life and COVID season over there? Just curious about that. So, uh, no, the transition's been cool. Uh, straight from Richmond, went to Turkey. Did half a season there, came over to Israel, played for uh, a, a pretty good team, Hapoel Halon, for two and a half years. Um, got the opportunity to sign with a, a really nice club in, uh, in Italy earlier this year, uh, about an hour outside Milan. And then I got the call from Maccabi Tel Aviv, which is uh, 
they're in the Euro League here. So it's like it was, it was, a, it was a really cool call up and a great opportunity. And uh, so I came back over to Israel and it's kind of been, you know, as you know, my dream, it's pretty much, you know, my dream as far as playing over in Europe to be in this league and, and to be on a team like this. So that's been, that's been a really cool journey. And, um, you know, it's, it's been up and downs, but it's been like one of the most satisfying things to look back on and, and seeing the countries I've seen and, and uh, really challenging myself, you know, being away from friends and family, it's not always easy. And it's, it's really, it's a trouble, uh, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a troubling lifestyle, but it, it definitely is a, uh, it's not ideal. And I think every, every, you know, overseas player says that and especially coming from college, but, you know, just it shows you the love of the game. And, and like I talked about your values and, you know, what you, uh, what you want to do. And so it's, it's been such a cool journey, but this year has been honestly, like it, it has been different than anything I've ever seen. Like you hear Paul George talk about, you know, we were really like, we were going through, you know, and I, I don't mean to, mocking but he's like you know we were going through mental, you know <laughs> mental pro- like going through problems you know um in the bubble right we were really and I understand that and I'm all about you know I mean I, I really think there's a huge emphasis that needs to be on mental health especially with athletes um especially you know at a time like this but like being over here it has really been something different like it's an isolation where you don't speak the language instead of going out to explore the city or you know I lived in Italy and it was on lockdown the entire year and while I was there, we were in red zone. I went, got to go to Milan, you know, two times. Um, and I lived an hour from it. And so it was, uh, it was different. And like, it was over there where if you got pulled over without paperwork that said I was going to work or the grocery store, like 500 euro fine. So it's like, it really, it, it was something that, that I hadn't experienced, but they were definitely more locked down than the States and, yeah. and very strict about it. Um, <clears throat> but it has been, I, I really would say like this year has been the most challenging of my four years over here, just because you haven't gotten to go out. You haven't gotten to, to blow off steam. Kind of like you said with the, yeah. with, you know, the players, it's like the, the part of the cool thing about being overseas is I'm playing in Paris. So I get to go, you know what I mean? Go out yeah, in Paris. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> we played in Paris this year. We didn't even go get to see the Eiffel tower. Yeah, we didn't right. get to leave the hotel. Like it was, it was, it's really been, um, it's just different. And, uh, you know, there's there's three three and a half three months left I have over here, but uh, but it's an experience that I'll never forget, and I'm taking it for for what it is. It's a uh, it's our COVID year. We probably hopefully not on wood won't have it again. Yes, yes. And uh, and it's just what it is. But it's it it's been tough. But there's there's beauty in the struggle, and and I've been lucky that uh, that I you know I have such good friends and family who I, I talk to constantly to kind of to make sure I feel like I'm back home. So it's, it's, uh, it's a cool experience. Yeah, that's, that's definitely important. Having a good support system is always, uh, always key. Uh, all right, so the last question, then we'll let you hop. Um, how do you think we're going to do Richmond-wise tonight against Toledo? Probably don't, I don't know much. We don't know much about them besides some basic film, you know, first ever matchup in history. But without Grant and Blake, what do you, what do you think the team's going to come out and do? Obviously, they're going to fight. You know, they want to they play, hopefully. But just curious to get your opinion. Um, okay, so the uh... – you know, from what I've heard from two sources, one, um, a coach from the Mac who I'm friends with texted oh. me and said that, that those boys, those boys are physical and they're strong and, uh, what they lack is maybe some inside presence. So I think that it would have been, I think it would have been, and, and I say this, it would have been a, a big, easy spiders win if Grant was in there because no question. Yeah. <laughs> Even with Blake out, no question because they have no one to match him. Um, now they do have a lot of perimeter strong guards and even someone when I was I was talking to someone in Richmond yesterday and they said that you know their guards look, look like strong young men so they're, <laughs> they're uh, 
I know they're going to be physical and they're going to try to, but I, I really think that, you know, Gilly and, and Nate and we're going to do enough that, uh, that I think we can win. And then hopefully you, you know, you go back to Richmond, you rest, and then you come right back to Dallas next week. Yep. And, you know, hopefully we can, we can get Blake on there and then, uh, and then kind of go from there. Yeah. I know. But personally, I, I think the I would, Spiders win. Let's go baby. Uh, I personally would love a rematch with Slew next week. I think that would be yeah. awesome. That would be really cool. Revenge would be such a sweet thing. I, oh, yeah. I just, that, I don't know. It, it, and then listen, uh, like it, it came back, like, as much as it made me mad, it came back that they were kind of, I mean, they had a valid point about the whole thing. Yep. At the, at the end of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of it. But yeah. at the time, man, did I have, <laughs> I have some negative thoughts about that, about slew. You know what I mean? It was just, it was pretty baffling to me from, from the information beforehand. Um, so yeah, I think, I think just, even though they did nothing wrong and, and, and they were, they were probably responsible in that situation. I just, I'd love to see, a uh, you know, a Billiton win on our resume. Yeah. I think a lot of people felt the same way as you when that was going to, that was a crazy sequence. That like crazy. The, that was nuts. Like watching that live. It. Yeah. Me neither. It was nuts. <sighs> and then I, cause I got the call. I called or, uh, I didn't see it. And I texted Solomon and I said, you know, good luck. Get those boys fired up, you know, do your thing. And, uh, and he was like, change of plans. We're not like, you know, change of plans. They're not playing. And so I immediately called Grant and he told me what was going on. And, but like, you know, I, I was so excited for that game. We, we didn't have a game until Sunday. And uh, so I was excited for it. It was on a Friday night. And I was going to get to stay up, going to plan my alarm, stay up until 2 a.m., watch the <laughs> yeah. game. And I canceled everybody. You know, don't talk to me. I, I can't do anything tonight. And then it turned out not happening. So, yeah, it was tough, but, you know, we got a chance of revenge. Might as well take advantage of it. So that's fate right there, my man. It's yeah. going to happen. All right, TJ, this is, great. this is great talking to you, man. Appreciate it. Hope to have you on again soon. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, man. Have Thank a good one. And that was our conversation with TJ Klein. Uh, that was awesome. That, what, a, yeah. what a great guy. That was such a cool conversation. Felt like I was just talking to like one of my friends from Richmond, uh, which is cool to think about, you know, you and I standing at the, the, the front court and <laughs> yeah. watching him just tear it up for three years. So shout out to him. Thank you, TJ. We're definitely going to get him back on. Um, and I think he gave us some good, you know, omen for that, for the game result. Yeah, so. totally. He called it. So he was right. Yeah. So that was awesome. What? Yeah, that was great. Look forward to doing it again. Thanks again, TJ. And uh, hope to get some more guys on soon. Uh, especially, hopefully after they see this, they'll want to they'll come on and chat with us because they, they know we're cool guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, the, the fanatics are going up in the world. Now we've got real professional basketball players coming on the podcast. Oh, so yeah. I don't know who's videographers, next. Videographers, we got players, we got it all. <laughs> we got to get a coach now. Let's get Rick Pitino, yeah. man. All right, yeah, we got it. <laughs> I don't have anything else. So I think that's going to wrap it up for me, man. Yeah, stay tuned next week uh, for, for the next pod drop-in for the game preview. And uh, everyone enjoy the whole weekend of March Madness. It's going to be awesome. Like we said last time, it's great to have basketball back, especially when you can watch it all day and not have to make excuses for having to watch basketball because you know everyone else is doing the same exact thing. So uh, that's it for this episode of Frontline Fanatics. Roll Spide. We'll talk to you soon. Roll Spide. Let's go, Bonnies. Can't root Ooh, for yeah, let's you. Let's go, Bonnies. Let's go. Sorry. Go, Bonnies. Go whoever they're playing. I, always forget, I keep forgetting. Thank you, everybody. LSU. Have a great weekend. Know. LSU. Peace. Yeah. Bye. Kendall going to take a fadeaway three. It's good, and he's fouled. Green set by Jerome. Oh! Anderson Dumore. Hands it off to Brothers. The long three. He switched it. The Spiders have a chance to win. Anthony for the lead. Two. 
Ray Davis to inbound, underneath the basket to TJ Klein, who lays it up and in with 1.5 to go. Puts it on the deck, and Fed shoots, oh, 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 o